Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 82 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Conor Whiteley. And today's episode is on what causes a schizophrenia, which is a taken from a chapter out of my brand new book, Out of Normal Psychology, The Causes and Treatments of Depression, Anxiety and More, third edition, which I really, really recommend, but I'll talk about that later. And it is Friday the 2nd of April 2021 as I record this and no I cannot believe that the first quarter of the year has already gone by. So uh, today's episode I have really enjoyed and hopefully you will find it really useful. So uh, moving on to the psychology news section within from the British Psychological Society Research Digest and there's actually some really interesting articles because there's a first one that ties into the research I'm going to be doing on my placement later this year. So the first one is people with depression so show hints of distorted thinking in the language they use on their social media. A key facet of a cognitive behavioural therapy is a challenging cognitive distortions, inaccurate thought patterns that often affect those with a depression. Such distortions can include jumping to conclusions, catastrophizing, black and white thinking or self-blame and can cause sincere distress to those experiencing them. But how do we track cognitive distortions in those with depression outside of self-blame? of self-reporting. A new study published in Natural Human Behaviour explores cognitive distortions on the line, finding that those with depressions have high levels of distortion in the language that they use on social media. This I think is a really interesting though because I always think it was I always think it's really good to like when we find a new way to like research or something and like collect data because because as we all know the problem with a self-reported data is well it's self-reported it's open to bias but this way and this way of like um, researching is it's actually potentially a lot better because it really does uh, reduce the bias of course the only concern would be privacy consent and, and getting in a form to consent but i'm sure that the um researchers would have like a thought of that as but i guess a potential takeaway from this psychology news article article yes <laughs> i almost forgot like what to call it then is that if we read something and we think it's a bit strange maybe just think to ourselves and go is that person okay is my friend in trouble do they need help and just i don't know really not official advice i'm just it's just a thought okay so frequent workplace interruptions are annoying but may also help you feel that you belong so workplace disruptions during the COVID-19 pandemic aren't quite what they used to be. Now that you're more likely to be interrupted by a cat jumping on your keyboard or the partner trying to make a cup of tea while you're in a meeting. But if you can cast your mind back at what it was like to work in an office, perhaps you can recall how annoying it was to be disturbed by colleagues dropping a buyer with a questions or comments these workplace intrusions used to be common in offices and no doubt it will be again there's certainly plenty of evidence that may interfere with our ability to complete tasks and that we can find them stressful however no one's really considered the potential benefits note the authors of a new paper who reported that there is a dark side to these interruptions 
but there's also a bright side too. So this I can actually really understand though, because I read the research paper like a bit more though, and I really can understand it because if a people were like coming at you, want to talk to you, ask you questions, then this has shows that they trust you, they believe in you, and all of that really positive stuff that means that we are valued within the social group. So this is really good, and I definitely understand where the research is coming from, but in the real world, it's still annoying. <laughs> Okay then, students don't. Right, so students who want to cut down on their drinking often feel forced to compromise for social connection. Drinking culture is a huge part of a university, with freshers' week events often revolving near the exclusively around getting drunk. And that's what I hated about freshers' week. I think it was so pointless because there was nothing for me to do. A 2018 survey from the National Union of Students found that. 76% of our respondents felt an expectation for students to drink to get drunk and 79% agreed that drinking and getting drunk is a key part of the university culture. This isn't for everyone however. A quick search of student forums will show many younger people pre-university anxious about a drinking culture that they don't want to participate in. Now a new study has found that taking a closer look at students' decisions to reduce alcohol consumption and what prevents them from doing so. So I don't really want to talk about the article itself. I really just want to talk about the whole drinking culture. And I really agree with this because I really did not like Freshers, well, Freshers Week because there was absolutely nothing to do for the people who didn't want to drink. And I felt that was such a shame because there was just nothing for me to do because there was no way to actually go out and meet people except drinking, which I did not want to do. So I think that was a massive shame when it comes to university. And if you actually look at this article in like a more depth, though, Rob, like um, tons of students feel what, yeah, so, yeah, well, like I feel like they have to drink and they have to go out partying. Otherwise, they're going to be outcast or shunted by the social group, group and like all of the other like social psychology bits. So I really hope that you enjoyed the psychology news section. Let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. So this week has been really busy with university stuff and also on the like, writing that front. But I'm not going to talk like too much about it. We'll talk about it like that much though. But when you listen to this uh, this week though, I have two statistics exams. So I've been doing lots of like statistics position this week, and I also had like lots of like questions. So I sort of like wrote out tons of answers, and then I was like looking at it. And I'm thinking, right, for me to become really engaged with it, I'm going to have to do something for you guys. So, uh, so well, by the time that you like listen to this, if you go to connorwiley.net forward slash, I don't know, um, psychology statistics, I'm not sure on, like, what I'm going to like, name it yet. Uh, like there will be a, a full web page of like statistics or questions and all of the answers that was like if you know anyone who like struggles with like statistics and they want a few answers and they want a really easy to answer an answer please direct them there <laughs> this is not self-promotional at the slightest it's just it's just that like this is the stuff that i struggled with i threw in a few basic ones but this is the stuff that i struggled with this week and i really want to help other people with psychology statistics because there's even like one question there that now i think is so is so simple and most of you are probably going to laugh at me when i tell you like what it is but i had no idea how to do it so that's like for example this week in my life division i was asked to compute a variable in sps 
Now, most of you will probably know how to do that. I had no idea. So I watched a YouTube video. And all that you need to do is that you just need to go to the transform tab on the top bar of like SIPS and just click on the compute variable bit. So I was slightly embarrassed, but I was just laughing though. Yeah, but I was just like laughing though. But like, if you struggle with like statistics, then please go to that web page. Hopefully it will help you. Okay, and then the only other thing that I wanted to mention though about like this a week and this is actually the sponsored product section of like today's episode is abnormal psychology causes and treatments of depression and anxiety and more third edition is being released today so I'm really happy with this book I'm amazed and I'm so humbled that so many people have pre-ordered it thank you so much it's just such a great book I really love it because it really breaks down depression schizophrenia anxiety and all and like so many other mental health conditions into really easy to understand pieces that people really enjoy though like and it also goes into like diagnosis the history of mental health and also like the biological social and the cognitive factors of like all of these mental conditions so i cannot recommend this upper enough i loved it people will love the second edition so but this is only a building upon it so i cannot recommend this book enough especially if you love mental health clinical psychology so i really enjoyed it and hopefully you will too so that is our normal psychology the causes and our treatments of our depression anxiety and more and you can get the ebook on all major ebook retailers you can get the hardback print book and the larger print edition from Amazon or your local bookstore. And you can get the ebook and any of the print books for free at your local library if you request them. And as always, I always love to know your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwiley, conwiley.net. You can always leave a comment at the show notes at conwiley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi whitely. So that's enough for the personal update. Let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about what causes schizophrenia. So but this is going to be a short little section though, because I like sort of fall to that this into yeah, so that this a podcast episode could sort of serve like double duty for me. So I'm recording the main content part of today's episode as a part of the audiobook because give me the incentive though like to produce these audiobooks like a bit sooner because I self-nervate my own like non-fiction. Yes, I will yes. I, so I really hope that you enjoy today's episode and then I'm going to quickly pop in at the end of today's episode. <laughs> so enjoy. Chapter 10. What causes schizophrenia? There are lots of different causes of a schizophrenia and there is no one cause. So everything below, for lack of a better term, interacts together to create the condition. The dopamine hypothesis. This hypothesis was proposed by Moser and Stahler, 1976, and they thought schizophrenia was caused by excessive levels of dopamine synapses in certain areas of the brain. This, I think, is interesting, since we tend to associate dopamine with positive behaviours. So, the thought that dopamine can do us harm is weird at first. Yet, in a biological psychology, I discuss how much damage various neurotransmitters can do to us. So, this hypothesis is interesting to say at the least. Furthermore, this hypothesis is supported by several key pieces of evidence. For example, drugs that provoke a similar state to schizophrenia, like methamphetamines, increase stimulation of dopamine synapses. Martinez and all 2007. Meaning, 
there's a link up between stimulation and the synapses and schizophrenia. Additionally, drugs that alleviate schizophrenic postsynaptic dopamine receptors, Darlinus and Shanker, 2016, and drugs that are most effective at blocking dopamine receptors are also the most effective against schizophrenia. Overall, this evidence provides good evidence for this theory, and I quite like the hypothesis since it's logical and it makes sense. However, there is evidence against the hypothesis, such as drugs that block postsynaptic dopamine receptors don't always alleviate schizophrenia for patients, and there are inconsistent results about the measurements of a dopamine or its metabolites. On the whole, I want to add that this hypothesis is a quite good, but it's similar to the serotonin hypothesis in depression because it's just a biological factor and it doesn't take all of the cognitive or social factors into account. The glycomate hypothesis. Another biological hypothesis for the causes of a schizophrenia is the glycomate hypothesis proposed by Morgan Dam and Javid 2012. This hypothesis schizophrenia is partially caused by a lack of glucomate activity. This is a problem because glucomate inhibits dopamine release. So this hypothesis builds upon the dopamine hypothesis and explains why the excessive dopamine levels occur. Saying that, the lack of glucomate activity occurs because phenocycline blocks the glucomate synapses preventing it from being released into the synaptic gap. Murray, 2002, as well as schizophrenia, is associated with lower than normal release of glucomate and a few receptors in the prefrontal cortex and hippocampus, Harrison and all 2003, leading to this interaction of both positive and negative symptoms of schizophrenia, especially in a people already pre-positioned to the condition. Overall, I believe these two hypotheses largely build upon one another, and these are good explanations for the biological explanations of schizophrenia. Genetic and prenatal factors. For a long time, schizophrenia has been known to run in families, as supported by Andreas and Black, 1996, as it's found that a sibling of a person with a schizophrenia is four times more likely to develop schizophrenia than at the general population. Nevertheless, there are always problems with research. However, whilst the evidence above could be perceived to, to be down to environmental factors, the results from a twin study show that the likelihood of identical twins developing schizophrenia if the other twin has it is at between 41% to 65% and 6 to 28% for non-identical twins. Cardo and Gossman, 2000. In addition, genetics aren't the only possible cause of schizophrenia, as prenatal influences, influences during a pregnancy, can cause schizophrenia as well, such as prenatal influences include a diminished supply of oxygen to the brain, as well as a number of prenatal infections can contribute to schizophrenia. Furthermore, the evidence suggests that schizophrenia is a neurodevelopmental disorder, meaning that from a young age, the brain doesn't develop as it's meant to. Also, this means that schizophrenia could be detected in early adulthood. Finally, stress is another contributing factor to the development of a schizophrenia. As explained in the introduction, stress can trigger a genetic deposition to cause a condition. This explains the higher prevalence of schizophrenia in people with a lower socioeconomic status. Other biological causes of schizophrenia include poor nutrition for mother, extreme maternal stress during pregnancy, season of birth effect, viral infections and influenza, premature birth, lower birth weight and complications in a delivery. Neurodevelopmental hypothesis. In addition to the biological causes of this condition, a new line of thinking is starting to develop to consider there might be a neurodevelopmental cause of a schizophrenia. Yeah, this isn't firmly established currently. 
For instance, some psychologists believe damage to the infant's dorsolateral prefrontal cortex could be a factor, since at one year old there is little effect of the brain lesion, as well as infants perform as well as undamaged monkeys when performing tasks. However, at two years old, the effects of the brain lesion are clearer, and the two-year-old infant performs a lot worse than undamaged monkeys. Hi everyone, that's like the uh, podcast version of like me's uh, back and like, uh, not my audiobook self though. All that I wanted to say though was that I found that really interesting because schizophrenia is sort of these, it, it, right, so like, it's like one of these content additions that we don't yet fully understand but there are a lot of interesting ideas and all of these have merits though. So hopefully like that's what you got out of like today's episode. So I really hope that you enjoy today's episode. Please check out um, Out of Normal Psychology, The Causes and the Treatments of Depression, Anxiety, and More. Third edition, you can get the ebook on all major ebook retailers. You can get the paperback, hardback, and the large print version from Amazon or your local bookstore. And you can get the ebook and any of the print books from your local library for free if you request it. And if you know anyone who would find today's episode useful, then please just tell them about it. I'm always really grateful when the wonderful people help us spread the word about the podcast. So have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.